He stopped taking receipts a long time ago after the game started dropping. These see receipts are missing. I don't see them. Brees Hall still leads the team in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns, and he went out seven weeks ago. The Ravens and Giants were worse than that, and they're in the playoffs with a very much less talented team, and they explained that in the offseason. Mike LaFleur, the offense coordinator, has been fired. There's no wall in your hair. There's no way out. There's no way out. Jake's takes on the TVS network. What is going on, everyone? You're back here on Jake's Takes. Of course, this is a podcast presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. As always, I'm Jake Serrano taking you through some of my quick takes to start your weekend off. Happy Saturday! Recorded in Riders 1077 The Bronx Studios. I am back and excited to be here. Good, chunky episode we got. Wish I could have got someone on today, but, um, but, I, but we got a good episode ahead, so I'm not... Not too worried about it. I'm excited, amped for the episode. We got things coming up. Uh, IBS Awards, uh, not the best name for an award, but hey, uh, we got um, uh, the the IFBS Awards, which is a part of the NA. I believe it's part of the NAB, and um, so that will be tomorrow. Going out for the award, best sports report. We'll see if we can bring that home. And uh, that will be out in New York Times Square. I uh, got on the NFL Network call today with Daniel Jeremiah. We'll talk about that today. Uh, scouting reports on the NFL draft, something I wasn't even thinking about, able to get on that call. Um, the Arcadia Lacrosse article preview uh, will be coming up soon. Working on that one. Um, so that one should be a fun one when we get that out. Uh, if you want to join the show, please come on. Uh, anybody who listens on campus, totally have. I feel free to come on. I'd love to talk sports. I know I had a couple guys talk to me this week about coming on. Uh, Chris, I know he mentioned it to me. A couple other guys, so we're going to get them on as well. Um, and then actually this week, I just won an award for a film. Uh, so different side of what we do here. Uh, a film I did in school, so... Uh, out in Las Vegas, so maybe we'll have the chance to get out there and, and go get the award and do what we have to do. i got to try and see if I can get get uh, some club money out there and, and see what I can do uh, to get us to get us out there from the school. But I uh, won an award out there for, for a good best narrative on one of the films we made. Uh, congratulations to some of the guys I worked with, Riley Dunn, uh, Bo Cheney on that film. Uh, and, you know, some good stuff happened this week, uh, good, good things to take advantage of. Uh, I still got some things to write, articles to write. Um, Benjamin, I sent some uh, things out to Benny this week uh, for the for the call, so he should have an article out as well. So I want to plug that for him as well. Um, talked uh, Daniel Jeremiah talked a lot about a lot of different things on this. Uh, man, I gotta stop saying, jeez, uh, on the media call. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But let's get started. We got a few things to talk. I wasn't sure what I was gonna talk about today until I went on that call, and it really opened my mind to a lot of things. So we're gonna hit, you know, news. Uh, what's new around the leagues? We're going to hit, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, the network talk. I made a mock draft myself. Wasn't even thinking about it, but hey, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about free agency. Daniel Jones propped up as a, a, a news article this week, and uh, then we'll hit our final thoughts and close out the show. But let's get rocking and rolling. Here we go. So news around the leagues. Giannis injury update. Will he play against the Heat? The last time I looked, he was doubtful, although... Uh, he, I believe he was updated to questionable. Now, remember, the Friday, which is our recording day, uh, sometimes it's Thursday, today is Friday, uh, they play the Heat tonight. Uh, so when this comes out, we know how the schedule works by now. Uh, so let's see. Giannis, if, it, they, if they can get him out there, that would be great. But I don't know what his injury status is right now. Could be, still could be behind. 20 minutes ago, Giannis looks like he's going to start for the Bucks despite his sprained wrist. Okay, so Giannis will get the start tonight. Uh, against the Heat, uh, huge news for 
for the Bucks. Uh, they're going to need that one. Uh, we talked about in the MLB this week. Uh, Otani, I believe his agent was talking about how he most likely will explore free agency. Uh, his agent said, I've always been open to it, but there are several layers to this one. And Otani earned the right to play through the year, explore free agency, and we'll see where it shakes out. Uh, earlier in the week, Patrick Beverly finalized the deal with the Bulls. Uh, Jeremy Fowler reported that the Eagles had interviewed Wisconsin defense corner Jim Leonard, former safety of the New York Jets, played for 10 years of, I believe, the Ravens, Bills, Broncos, and Browns as well. Uh, but then... Jim Leonard and the Eagles mutually decided to part, uh, and they won't move forward with the D.C. candidacy. I believe Leonard has to go undergo hip surgery. He'll sit out coaching for the year, and I don't think the Eagles have found their D.C. yet. But that was an interesting story. Former uh, player, D.C., Wisconsin, he's getting an injury. Uh, so I thought it was a little, little interesting. Uh, and Philly, staying in Philly, uh, C.J. Garner-Johnson may receive the franchise tag if the team can't reach a long-term contract. Gardner, who we know was traded by the Saints, had recorded six interceptions in 12 games this season and tied for the most in the league uh, for the Eagles. The Golden State Warriors have been without star Steph Curry for five games. I believe now it's six games. As he deals with a lower left injury, uh, earlier this season he missed 11 games because of a left uh, shoulder injury. During that time, the Warriors went 6-5, and five. Curry has started individual workouts and will be reevaluated re in less than one week. The Warriors came out of the All-Star break losing to the LA Lakers 124-111. to 111. Not a good start for the Warriors. They need to get Steph back as soon as possible. Uh, staying in that area of LA, Russell Westbrook will be signing with the LA Clippers after he cleared waivers on Wednesday afternoon. The nine-time All-Star was waived by the Utah Jazz on Monday. <laughs> the United States defeated Brazil 2-1 to on Wednesday night to win the She Believes Cup for the fourth straight year. With help from Alex Morgan and Mallory Swanson, the team will advance to the Women's World Cup this summer in Australia and New Zealand. So huge news out there in the soccer world. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, they hired longtime coach Willie Taggart. He'll oversee the running back positions. Uh, former coach of Florida State and a couple other teams, Western Kentucky. And Taggart coach for both Jack and Jim Harbaugh, so I thought that was interesting, uh, before landing his first head coaching job at Western Kentucky. Uh, in Tennessee, the Titans, well, they released uh, Taylor Wan, Robert Woods, and Randy Bullock this week. The move saved the team $25 million over the cap. I believe now they're just about $4 million under the cap, so that clears them just a little bit. Uh, we talked about last week how Rex Ryan may be the D.C. of the Broncos. It's now Vance Joseph, the former head coach. He'll come back after coaching, I believe, with the Cardinals for a little bit. He's the D.C. of the Broncos now under Sean Payton. Davis Webb makes his way to Denver as well as the quarterback's coach. Webb was the recent backup to Daniel Jones last season for the quarterback position. So he just played, if you know uh, Davis Webb's story. Uh, Bobby Wagner parted away with the Rams on Thursday. I think he's still a really good linebacker. I think he's in his, his 30s, early 30s. I'm not sure exactly. We can look that up right here on the podcast because we have the power to. Uh, but I think he still has a lot of potential. And I know they had to release him probably due to, um, excuse me, money problems. But, hey, the Rams, look, the Rams at five-year, $50 million they signed last, uh, last offseason. And how old is he? 32 years old. Hey, he's still in his prime. He's still got time. And I, I don't, And he played well last year. He's going to have a market, and it's going to be a big market. Uh, I still think there's 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 a lot of potential for him out here in the future. I mean, let's look at his stats from last season. Uh, here we go. 100, yeah, 140 tackles, two interceptions, six sacks. I mean, Wagner's still got a lot to prove. That's a high commodity. They probably had to release him due to financial reasons. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see who will come after him. The Jets... Call up.
I'm interested to see who will come after him in the offseason. Maybe he goes back to Seattle. I don't know. Um, the linebacker group in the in the draft, I don't know how strong it is. It doesn't, it doesn't seem all that strong. Uh, if you can get a hot commodity like Wagner, that'd be awesome. The Lions, they released Michael Brockers, defensive lineman, saving $10 million against the cap. So all that stuff is kind of starting now. Matt Nagy promoted to the OC after Eric Bieniemy went to the Commanders to be the OC. Once the OC, offensive coordinator, back in 2017. So Nagy will get to call plays uh, this season. And uh, that's the news from around the leagues. I guess the most interesting thing is possibly that, you know, Steph Curry, he's got to get back on the courts. Brazil, United States taking him down. Um, but uh, I, I just think the, the, the moves that are being made with coaching and, 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 and the cap is all starting to lead up. March 15th, I believe, is the first day. We'll talk about it in a bit, but the first day uh, of free agency. So already teams are making moves and trying to get ahead of schedule here. Uh, let's move on to NFL Network, the talk I had with Daniel Jeremiah. Let's talk about that with a little bit, and we'll talk about the NFL Draft and the Mach 1.0 that I made. Let's go. Um, first, I, I know we talked a lot about the corners, uh, but I do want to go back into the defensive backs for a second. You have about five corners going in the first round of your latest Mock Draft. <clears throat> After seeing what Sauce Gardner and Tariq Willen did last season, I know they're a bit outliers. I wanted to see your projections for this group as a whole. I know we talked about a lot already, but yeah. what is the floor and the ceiling for this group? And on top of that, what do you see out of the safety position this year um, as a whole? Yeah, the cornerback group, you know, as I mentioned, I think I got 20 guys with top three round grades. So I think it's a really good group. Now, I had a, a, a higher grade on Sauce Gardner than anybody in this draft class. I, you know, I was a big Sauce Gardner fan. So I, I don't put anybody in his class in this one. I don't think there's a Patrick Sertan in this class. Um, I, I would have probably the similar grade on Witherspoon, even though he's a totally different player. Um, I'd have a similar grade on Witherspoon to the. Uh, Corner that went to uh, to Carolina. Now name's going to escape me. Oh, J.C. Horn. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, I'd have a similar grade there. So I don't think there's the top end guys like that. I love Witherspoon, um, but I wouldn't put him up there with you know with Gardner or Patrick Sertan. And then you know depth wise, I, I think there's I think there's a sweet spot, and I think you can look at different positions and find sweet spots. And again, I think I would love to have third round picks and need corners, running backs, tight ends. I think there's, you know, there's just a really, really good group to choose from there. And I think this is uh you know, this is a good group of guys in, in that area. Safety wise, I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's a great group. I love the Penn state safety, but he's going to be probably towards the back end of my top 50, maybe thirties, early forties, somewhere in there. Um, and then, uh, you know, I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got about six safeties that I think are, you know, are, are going to be, I feel good about saying they're going to be starters at the next level. You know, so I, I think the safety group's a little bit light compared to the corners. All right. That was Dale and Jeremiah and myself asking him a question. I was talking about the quarterback group. We talked about that a lot in the uh, media room. Uh, so there was a lot of things to discuss with him. I, I wanted to ask him about the tight end position. He did cover that. I had questions about Dalton uh, Kincaid, uh, Michael Mayer. Uh, there was a, there was a lot of he had a, a 2.0 mock draft that came out and it uh, was very extensive. So I was curious to see uh, what he thought about this tight end group. I think it's so strong. 
Um, I, I wanted to ask him what's the difference in value between the two players as well. Uh, but he did kind of talk about the tight end group a little. He, quote, said, I have 11 guys with three, uh, three third-round three round grades. So for the first three rounds, 11 tight ends, he thinks that are strong enough to be up there. He talked about how strong of a group it was. The same thing with the corners. Uh, talked about how Mayer's an all-around tight end. Uh, King, I guess a, a king of the catches is kind of how he, he mentioned it. Um, he can really go up and get anything. Uh, Kincaid reminds him of Kelsey with the way he can get out of his breaks. And he reminds him a little bit of Zach Ertz when he came out of college. Uh, I wanted to ask him about the New York Jets. There was a, a couple things I wanted to talk to him about. Uh, he did mention the New York Jets, which I think is interesting because we always talk about the Jets. I always want to try and slip a Jets question in there whenever I can with any media call I go on, depending you know, appropriately, depending on what it is. Um, I always think it's interesting to see what I could do. I did it last year with Mel Kuyper. Tried to do it again this year. Somebody already asked a question. Wanted to ask him, what do you see at 13 other than offensive line? Where do you see the New York Jets could go? Uh, someone actually asked this same question earlier in the uh, call. Uh, Broderick Jones, he you know he he saw him going there. What can he do in the screen game and the outside game? Is it's outstanding? He said uh, shows the ability to recover. He may be a little top heavy, a little flat sometimes, but he's a physical player. Jones can either play either side, left or right tackle. And then he said, in terms of other needs, I quote, I know they got a bunch of tight ends last year, but they still don't have that uh, that main guy, that explosive guy. So that was something he mentioned too. And that's something I talked about. Even, you know, my dad listens to podcasts. If you listen to us now, dad, like we talk about this the same thing all the time. You know, you picked up Tyler Conklin, uh, CJ Uzama, Jerry Rucker last, uh, last offseason. And we come into this offseason and I say to myself, well, I was going to ask him the same thing. Like, we barely even use them. We got all these tight ends. What did we get them for? And I still feel like we should get a guy like Michael Mayer, that explosive guy, that big guy, or or Kincaid, or whoever, uh, to get in here and, and really amplify this group. I don't know who you would get rid of or what you would do, but I feel like the tight end position is so important. The Jets haven't had that tight end forever. We talked about it so much last offseason when they got them. I was so excited. And it just didn't come to fruition the way I thought it would, the way they would use them. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, there we heard my question. Obviously, I want to talk about the cornerback group. We talked about them a lot. Strong group, obviously, he said. Uh, he, you know, we heard him in there. I have 20 guys with tw uh, top-round grades. Uh, and he talked about he loves Witherspoon. He mentioned him a, uh, a lot. Um, so we, we heard that in the quote up there. Uh, I wanted to ask him who's a guy he thought was being overlooked in the draft, someone he could impact. We didn't get there, unfortunately. Um, and then, you know, he kind of mentioned this is where I was going to get to if I could wrap around a little bit. Who, you know, who, what tight end do you think would be the best fit for the Jets? If the Jets at 13 could get Michael Merritt, I think that would be awesome. Or Kincaid, you know, the fit, that pass-catching role. Like, they need someone out there just to really amplify the offense. And, and I, I feel the same way. I feel like they don't have that. Uh, someone talked about Lamar and the Ravens, and his quote was, I don't know how you can conduct business right now if you're the Ravens. Obviously, talking in terms of Lamar's contract, it's kind of hard to get around that. Um, it was interesting listening to him talk about the Ravens a little bit. Uh, Cody Malak out of North, North Dakota State, he mentioned, offensive lineman, has about five spots he could play on the offensive line. He said he's very versatile, so it kind of reminds me of like Cody Strange from last year's draft, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, some of these guys that can play really well. And, and some of the things he said, he's, he, you know, he quote, man, when you have guys that can play multiple positions, it really helps team overcome the injuries, uh, which is why he likes them. Um, in terms of tight ends, uh, well, that too, you know, he talked about Cody Malak and, and playing all these different positions. If the Jets can find someone or any of these teams can find someone to play multiple positions, it really helps because, you know, 
when I think about specifically when I think about the Jets last season when they lose all these guys, uh, you know they had to plug and play. It'd be great if you have a guy like Cody Malik to play any position. He knows how to do it, and you don't have to like struggle to find some guy off of the practice squad squad late in the season. You know that these type of guys are important, and someone like him is going to go early and often in the draft. Um, when he mentioned the tight ends, he said it's always been traits over numbers. The production doesn't translate smoothly. You have to have the traits. Um, kind of talking about Jimmy Graham and some of these guys in the past. Kincaid, uh, Mayer, Musgrave, and Washington, he said are his top tight ends uh, when he talked to the other teams as well. When he talked to around the league, around the teams, he said Kincaid's is the universal number one because of his pass-catching skills, but there's a lot of guys who will vouch for Michael Mayer as well. Uh, the running back position he got to as well mentioned uh, uh, Biagi John- Robinson, Johnson, Robinson, excuse me, uh, talked, or, talked to be top five prospect around the league, you know, universal opinion. Uh, when he asked teams where he would go, Robinson would go, they really didn't have an answer for him. That's kind of what he said. I, you know, it kind of made me question, what's the running back position value today? We, we talk about that all the time. But he said teams wouldn't laugh if he goes top 10. You know, if someone picked him top 10, no one's going to say nothing. But, you know, Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah said he probably should go to a ready playoff team or a team that can kind of handle him. If he goes to a team that just gives him a gazillion touches, it could be like Christian McCaffrey all over again. But he also said, like, look what happened with the 49ers. When they had McCaffrey, they traded for him. They were ready to go. It kind of changed that whole offense, kind of saying Robinson could do the same thing for a ready team. Uh, So I thought that was interesting. And uh, let's see. He talked about Witherspoon a lot, Uh, the corner. He helped himself tremendously. Uh, compared him to Asante Samuel Sr., uh, he said he has excellent ball hawking skills. He's able to make plays on the ball without giving up on any big plays. Uh, he's one of the best players and one of the most fun players he's had to watch uh, on film. He talked about the quarterback. Someone asked, how does this class, how does this year's class stack up to the depth wise to the years prior? Um, Jeremiah basically said, I don't think there's anyone like Lawrence or Burrow. I do think there's five guys he could see starting in the league. Uh, but he said, I'm going to put uh, the group. Everything. Uh, oh, oh, he was talking about. Who's talking about here? Uh, he was talking about one of the quarterbacks. Ah, it slipped my mind who he was talking about. I must have messed up my notes here when he was talking about him. Um, but really, in, in reality, let's forget that. But let's, in reality, he said all these quarterbacks have their flaws and their problems, but there's no there's no main guy out there. Um, someone asked him about Chicago, and he was said, I don't think Bryce Young is you know a great fit in Chicago. Um, what else did he say? He talked about the wide receivers. He said there's a lot of flyers in this draft, like Quentin Johnson, Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, Charlie Jones from Purdue, Marvin Mims. Um, he really likes Zay Flowers. He talked to him a lot, but he said there's going to be a lot of options for guys who can roll and get on top of the defense. Um, he talked about Zay Flowers, saying overall he loves him. He's explosive, and even though his, his height's not ideal, he's just you know going to be a great player. Uh, and I thought, I thought it was funny. We were on the call for about two hours. And I really waited a long time to get this question. And he joked about being on the call. Someone joked with him about being on the call too long. And he said, uh, you know, his wife and kids don't want to hear about, about about the players he's watched so far. So he was like, fire away. You know, I would love to do it. Love to talk to you guys. But kind of all the notes I had there uh, from that little conference, I thought it was interesting because I haven't really been thinking about the draft. But it is coming up on April and April, as we know. Uh, so, uh, but, so I went on my way to make my own mock draft because I just figured why not. Uh, and it was fun. So I, and I like any mock drafts is the first one I made. So I feel like it can't be judged. We'll put this up on the Instagram up online later uh, for you guys to see. 
but I had a, a Bryce Young going number one overall. I actually had the Raiders trading back up in the draft from seven to one. Uh, they'll take Chicago's spot. They get the quarterback they need. Obviously, no Derek Carr. So CJ Shroud goes number two to the Texans. Hey, they need a quarterback as well. Jalen Carter then falls to the Cardinals. So one of the, or probably maybe the best defensive player in the draft from Georgia. Uh, gets snagged by the Cardinals. I, I think it would be a great idea to snag him out if they could get him. Uh, Will Levis, Levis will go to the quarterback from Kentucky. We'll get the chance at the Colts at four. Will Anderson at five to Seattle. I thought that was a good move. Uh, uh, Devin Witherspoon, who we talked about from Illinois. Uh, I, I have him going to the Lions. Give him help out there. And then Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher from Texas Tech, falls to the, to the Chicago Bears at seven. They amp up there. Uh, and then at number eight, I wasn't sure where to go with the Falcons, but Quentin Johnson, a guy who kind of take a top off the defense a little bit bigger guy, uh, goes right to the Falcons, adds more to that depth, and you know, no Calvin Ridley for the next season. I feel like they always tend to go offense, especially with Arthur Smith there now. They could do a lot with him. Uh, and then Drake London, him, and, and, and Kyle Pitts would be a massive offense there. Robinson, I had him going to the number nine to the Panthers. I know he mentioned uh, talking about going to a ready team, but – Hey, if, if the Panthers kind of recreate what they have with Christian McCaffrey, kind of start over again, this is the guy to do it with, and I think that would be interesting. Uh, Van Ness, Lucas Van Ness, had him going to the Eagles. You know, he talked about maybe them picking a corner. This is all opinionated, so, you know, I, I kind of just put him where I wanted to. But edge rusher out of Iowa, I think he's tenacious, but can they, it was this will give him more time to develop him and, and even add more depth to that defensive line they had that is ever so strong there. Uh, Paris Johnson, they lose Tyler Lewan in, t- in Tennessee, so I have him going tackle from Ohio State to the Titans. Uh, here we go, Dalton Kincaid, you know, the, t- the, uh, the big tight end we talked about. Uh, he talked about Universal at 12. I had the Texans trade him back a little bit. Uh, oh, actually, they got that pick from the from the Browns, but they pick him up. Explosive weapon for C.J. Stroud, who they picked at number two. So that would be interesting. Uh, the Jets, I have them picking up the tackle from Northwestern. Uh, uh, Skoronsky, excuse me if I pronounced that wrong. Uh, Peter Skoronsky, he's just an overall monster, and I think he would do wonders for the Jets. Depending on you know George Fant, Makai Becton, Max Mitchell, all these guys coming back, this would be add even more depth to the line. They do need a center, maybe they'll fix that up a little bit. But uh, hey, they need a tight end, they need a couple other things. But I think, and I really want to see them get a safety as well. But I think that's a a really interesting pick for them. Really solidifies the line, and we'll see because that was a problem last year with all the injuries. See when they get moving forward. Had the Jaguars trading all the way up. Hey, last year we saw what Evan Ingram did with this team. Hopefully, you know I don't know what his contract is. I think they're probably going to resign him, uh, but I don't know exactly what his contract entails. We can look that up. Uh, but Evan Ingram played amazing last year. Uh, he had an explosion, a resurgence. And I, I'm absolutely surprised. I think he signed a one-year deal with the Jaguars last last offseason. They're probably I would imagine they're gonna resign him if that's the case. Uh, but you trade up and you get Michael Merritt number 14, come all the way up. All the way up, I'm talking. And you get Michael Mayer, pair him with Evan Ingram, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Travis Etienne, Zay Jones, and, and Christian Kirk, guys who come along last year. Man, what an offense this would be going all the way to the division round this past year. Really make this super explosive. I'd love to see that. That would be great. Uh, Broderick Jones had him going to 15 the Chargers, trying to protect uh, Justin Herbert in a way. Uh, Washington had them picking up uh, a Florida guard uh, at number 16, Osiris Torrance. Uh, at 17, had the Steelers picking up Christian Gonzalez, corner from Oregon. Uh, and then, you know, just kind of go down the list here from notable names. I had Anthony Richardson going uh, 19 overall, the quarterback from Florida to the Bucks. 
we know the the Dolphins. What happened to them? They had the fourth thing. Luca, Luke, excuse me, Luke Musgraves, the tight end from Oregon State. He'll go to the Packers. I think the Packers kind of have to trade up a little bit. Uh, well, actually, they trade it back with the Chargers. So they'll they have to find their guy. Uh, I feel like tight end was mi- definitely missing for them last season. So that would be a great pick for them. Um, and then Joey Porter going over to the Vikings. Uh, Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama, goes over to the Patriots. Uh, and then uh, Andre Carter, Zay, Zay Flowers will make his way, I think, getting another good slot guy. He's explosive. Make his way to the, uh, the Eagles. That'd be great. Darnell Washington, I thought this was interesting, a monster tight end, but they already have Travis Kelsey, right? Well, this gives them time to develop yet another tight end, make it even more explosive. It's so hard to stop Travis Kelsey already. Could you imagine having another guy just like him or even bigger? I, I, I couldn't. I just think they destroy the middle of the field with teams. One of the reasons the Eagles couldn't stop them in the Super Bowl, I, you know, I could you, I just, you know, could you imagine, not even Darnell Washington, but some of these other guys, if they were to pick up Kincaid or, or trade up for Mayer, could you imagine the problems they would create? This would be like the 2010 or 11 Patriots all over again. Could you imagine the problems they'd start all over the place? Like, it's, it's not even the same issue as Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was so fast on the outside, it was hard to cover, right? Could you imagine getting a guy like Travis Kelsey, who's already so hard to cover, bringing in Michael Mayer or whoever at tight end, one of these big prospects, and then you go out and get one of these, because there's a ton of explosive receivers in this draft. Explosive receiver? The Chiefs would just be unstoppable. They're already on top. They're already Chiefs kingdom. It would be an absolute uh, destruction to the AFC if they were able to pull something like this off. And I think that would be interesting. Anyway, that's the end of that. Um, But... There, there was. I oh, really appreciated the call. Really enjoyed it. There was a lot of great things that came out of that. Some notable things that came out of his mock draft, which I thought was interesting. This is 2.0. Obviously, Jan, Jalen Carter. He thinks he's one of the best players on draft. He thinks he'll go number one. Chicago Bears. Didn't really put too much trades in here. I, I want to try and mix it up a little bit. Uh, see what I could put in there. Bryce Young. He had go number two. Will Anderson. Obviously, the next best defense player goes three. Uh, Will Levis goes four to the. Um, excuse me to. Uh, the Colts, and then, uh, oh, actually, he had Witherspoon going to the Lions. I didn't even realize that. Uh, uh, he had Murphy going 10 to the Eagles. Uh, Roger Jones, as we talked about, going over to the Jets. Brian Branch to the, the Patriots. Nolan Smith over the Packers. There was some good stuff in his mock draft that I really liked. Um, but uh, as always, I want to try and switch stuff up. Uh, Kincaid, he actually had going to the Chargers. Could you imagine with Herbert and him? Anthony Richardson had going over to Baltimore. That would fit, really fit the scheme if they could kind of figure that one out, depending on what happens with Lamar. Oh, I didn't even realize this. He had Michael Mayer. Is this the wrong one? Oh, this is his 1.0. Oh, this is his 1.0. And his 1.0, he actually had Michael Mayer going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Actually, I had no idea. I didn't even know that. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. Okay, see, see how – oh, wow. Let me read that for a minute because I didn't even know that. That is, that is interesting. Here we go. Let's read what, Let's read exactly what he wrote. Mayer is a complete tight end that would be, fit beautifully with Doug Peterson's offense. Ingram, who enjoyed a career campaign and a contract year. Um, I, no, actually, I think if they resign Ingram, so he was saying if they get rid of him, I was saying, thinking if they resign him and get Mayer, that's an unbeatable offense. Exactly what I think could happen with the Chiefs. Um, his 2.0 actually was um, Tyree Wilson going three to the Cardinals, Bryce Young going two, Jen Carter one. Uh, C.J. Stroud going four. Uh, Dudu Levy's going to seven to the Raiders. Uh, Van Ness to the Falcons. Yes, Witherspoon, 10 to the um, to the Eagles. Johnson, Paris Johnson to the Titans. Jets get Roger Jones again. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, uh, the Packers trade up to get him. 
Uh, I believe Michael Mayer goes to the the Bengals in this one. So interesting stuff. Switches up. I, I really enjoyed reading it. Really enjoyed the press conference um, and all the time he had. Two hours worth of information. Really just unlocking his brain, asking him, just picking his brain and really asking him every type of question possible. Really awesome experience, and I'm I'm happy he was able to uh, to provide that for everybody. And 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 I just want if you you know whoever listens, just thank you for that. And um, appreciate it. And obviously, Keenan and Stephen for getting those opportunities out there and television as a whole. Appreciate that as well. Um, let's move on to our next segment. And uh, and then in the coming weeks, actually, we're going to start because now that I'm starting to think about it. We're going to start doing some mock drafts, maybe weekly uh, leading up to the draft. As free agency approaches, we'll talk about our top 10, top 15, top 20, top 5. Uh, we'll break it down. Free agency. Who are the top free agents? Franchise tags, transition tags. Who's getting released? What and where? We'll figure that out. The NBA is starting back up, which will be awesome. We'll talk about the games uh, after the All-Star break, which is going to be fun. Uh, the MLB is going to start rolling up, which is going to be great. The offseason is now ending. Um, so a lot of good things going on, and I'm excited to talk about. But let's talk about the next segment. Free agency is coming up March 15th. Let's talk about it. Here we go. So I thought it was interesting. Just wanted to mention, obviously, March 15th, the date is, is when free agency is going to come up and approach. A lot of different intricate things beforehand. Um, but what I thought was interesting about this is the New York Post put up an article about Daniel Jones talking to some Giants fans this week personally. Some were saying, let's let's resign Barkley. Let's tag Jones. Uh, but the but the excuse me, but the Giants have over $40 million, I believe, in cap space. So they can kind of do what they want here. Uh, not as bad as they were last season coming in, which is why I, you know, I think it's amazing that Brian Dable was able to pull this together. They had no cap room. Joe Sheen had to do everything possible to save this, this financial situation. They weren't able to sign anybody, and now they have room. Uh, so credit to them. Um, but there's a, this article is saying Jones asking price is $45 million. Jeremy Fowler was asked what Giants quarterback uh, what the Giants quarterback is said to be commanding as a free agency, free agency looms, noting how some NFL teams believe $45 million is a real figure, real. Uh, so Jones, who finished in his fourth season in New York, led the team to the first postseason berth since 2016, recorded a playoff win in the wild card. Obviously, we know that. Uh, and then there was this quote. I don't know who who said this, or oh, I think Fowler said this, but this is kind of what the quote read in the, uh, in the article. You have a player who figures, hey, if I get $45 million, you've got Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurst, and Justin Herbert. All these guys are going to well surpass me. He's barely going to be a top 10 and paid uh, by the end of the summer, Fowler said, uh, referencing what the Bengals, Eagles, and Chargers quarterbacks respectively could possibly make. Sorry, I'm reading out the article. I just want to you know, make it real for you guys. Um, so that's, you know, that's another thing. Uh, through 16 games, we know last year he threw uh, 3,200 yards. I don't think he ran for 700 yards, 15 touchdowns, five interceptions. But career low, five interceptions, 15 touchdowns. He ran a lot, too. Uh, deadline franchise tag is March 7th. So we'll see. I have no idea where this is going to go. Um, the rate for franchise tags of a quarterback this year is $32.4 million. So Jones would get that. Uh, so, I, you know, we'll see. I think maybe if they tag him, that'd be great. Get another year out of it. Uh, but I even told my friend, I was like, maybe they signed him to a two-year deal. And he was like, well, that's not really long-term. And think about it. Yeah, I guess they'd be better off just franchise tagging him if they you want to hold on one more year and really see what he could do. And if this year he's consistent once again, I think once at that point you have to sign him, right? You have to. And uh, with the way he played last year, with the way he was able to help the run game, if you can get him some players, you know, just tag him, help him with the cap space, get him some wide receivers, get him some tight ends, you know, really amp up this offense. We saw him Barkley. I think you have yourself a squad. Um, and, and even Joe Sheen said after the Eagles lost in the playoff, they just didn't have the personnel, the talent to go out there and do it. Yes, they made it this far with what they had. 
uh, but they just didn't have the, the same equal firepower as the Eagles. They don't have that complete roster. They're almost there. They need to do it. I think it's the offseason where they put it all together uh, in New York. Final thoughts for today as we close out the show. Nothing much. Just excited for things and opportunities that are coming up. Um, and excited, as always, to keep doing the podcast. It's really fun. Please, if you have any questions, features, um, whatever you want to do, interviews, please contact me. Come on the show. And uh, please join me in the studio if you, if you want to come and join the show as well. That would be awesome. Uh, but once again, thank you for joining me today on another edition of Jake's Takes. Of course, I'll be back next Saturday to provide more of my takes. Remember to visit Tunnel Vision Sports at tvsportsmag.com. And follow our Instagram at tunnelvisionsports underscore and a Twitter account at underscore tvsports. Don't forget to follow the Jake's Takes Instagram account. Jake's Takes TVS for everything you need podcast-wise. Contact my email at sjake at tvsportstaff.com to join the show, ask questions, request an interview, or feature. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, follow button, leave a like, comment, rating on the podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm Jake Serrano signing off. Thank you once again for listening. And remember to keep up with all your sports needs with Tunnel Vision Sports, a positive shift in sports media. That was Jake's Takes on the TVS Network. That real life.